Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. Check us out on Facebook, HyperClean Specialists. That group is getting bigger and bigger by the day. I like the stuff going on over there. Shared a 2018 Porsche Carrera GTS that we had in the shop this week over there. So if you want to go check out that project, show you a little bit about how I use TRX to clean out some compound and polish from the rear uh, cover on the engine, which can be kind of tough, but the right chemicals get you there. If you want to check out our products, hypercleanstore.com. Interesting week coming off Pebble Beach auction. We got some other things to talk about, but stay tuned. I'll walk through the Pebble Beach auctions, which had on the face of it record numbers, but we can start to see that maybe that story isn't exactly true when we go past some of the numbers that have publicly been set out and falsely reported. Uh, and I don't say falsely reported very much, but not giving you the full story. So stay tuned. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. I want to talk about something today that's kind of a sensitive subject. It's a subject that if you're a business owner of any kind, if you're an employee of a company and you work in customer service, you're going to understand this conversation. But I want to have this conversation from a positive standpoint of understanding what's happening in the customer service field and what's happening with customers themselves rather than just get on and complain. We're going to talk a little bit about what is changing and why it's changing. During the pandemic, if most of you don't know, I haven't grocery shopped in years, okay? It's one of the worst things ever, but my significant other was pregnant during the pandemic. Early on in the pandemic, we had no idea what the truth was, so she was locked down in the house, and I handled all the grocery shopping. It was the bane of my existence, but you got to do what you got to do. So during this time, I got to see the best and worst of humanity, right? 70, 80, 90% of people are great people. Hey, can I help you? Hey, you know, uh, yeah, let me get out of your way. Hey, I need to pick up this loaf of bread. Can I sneak in there? Right. Most people are good people. So one time during the pandemic, I'm standing in the back of the line and, you know, we're, we're six feet apart because that was the rules at the time. And I'm like three, four five people back. And I see these people yelling at the person at the cash register and it keeps going on, keeps going on, keeps going on. Finally, I'd had enough because now they're taking up my time, plus they're harassing a staff member. The manager's not coming to assistance. Other uh, attendants aren't coming to, to the aid of this woman getting berated by these two idiots. And so I walked through everybody. You know how people were freaking out back then. I'm like, what the F is going on up here? Guys, like, keep your nose out of it. You know, they owe me 15 cents. And I go, you got to be kidding me. You're holding up the line and embarrassing yourself and you're berating this fine woman here over 15 cents. I'll give you a dollar to get out of the way. Guy makes a comment he shouldn't have made. I look at him and I just tell him, you've got the wrong one, my man. I'd move on with your day. Take the dollar, move on with your day. Manager sees this, comes over, gets the two people out of line. This person was just harassed over 15 cents. I'm not saying money doesn't matter. I'm saying it's 15 cents. Put it in perspective of yelling at a human being over 15 cents. 
So I get up to the front of the line. It's my turn to check out. And a woman looks like she's going to cry. She's like, thank you so much. You know, this stuff is happening more and more and whatever. So, hey, no big deal. The other people in front of me, beside me, never spoke up and said anything. And this isn't about patting myself on the back. This isn't about, this is about that woman being harassed. This is about that woman dealing with a customer that doesn't understand how the world works. Because nobody should be harassed over 15 cents. Nobody should be harassed over 20 bucks. Nobody should be harassed over $50. There's a way to handle this stuff that you don't harass staff, but we're watching it more and more. You can see videos online. You can see things in person. We're all seeing things that are very, very strange today. So I want to take you to a phone call in a situation that most of you out there have been in. I want to put yourself in my shoes, but your shoes by proxy, that I get a phone call from a gentleman that has four cars. Now, I know of this gentleman. He's big in the car scene out here. He's a nice enough guy. But immediately when I pick up the phone call, he starts bashing a very reputable shop, probably the only shop that I would allow to work on my car in the entire city of Las Vegas other than myself. Good guy. Marty knows him. Does good work. Nobody would ever say he does bad work. Nobody would ever say he doesn't care. Nobody would ever say anything negative. Sure, he can have a bad day. Sure, he can make mistakes. Don't know. I mean, we all make mistakes. But this guy starts by saying, hey, man, I want you to start taking care of my cars. I want to bring in the cars for this service. And he just goes on and rambles for five or 10 minutes. In those five or 10 minutes, he's bashing the business. After he gets done rambling, I said, hey, man, I know that guy pretty well. Maybe he had a bad day or something when you, when you dealt with them, but you've been dealing with them for years. He does great work. You're saying a lot of things that I know not to be true. The guy does great work. He doesn't consistently do bad work. Once again, I understand he could have had a bad day with your car, but he didn't have 10 bad days. He didn't screw up 10 of your cars. He didn't screw up three of your cars. He may have laid one bad piece of film on a fender. He needed to replace it. Mistakes happen. This guy continues on. So one red flag is he's telling a story that I know not to be true. The next red flag is he's not stopping. The third red flag is he continues on. And the fourth flag is he tells me, hey, man, I need you to get my cars in as fast as possible. I said, dude, we're booked months out. I can't, I can't get your cars in. I got clients that have been my clients for 10 years waiting in line. I, I can't bump it for your cars oh that's ridiculous how you know you can hire people okay i you know i'm gonna bring you so much business red flag red flag red flag now i have to be kind right we have the internet i don't want a bunch of complaints i don't want this headache to continue on you guys have all been in this situation of some sort what do you do because now you've got an irrational customer who feels entitled and you've never even made a dollar off of it well, you got to put a stop to it. And I told him, I said, hey, man, we're probably looking at, and I know I could fit him in towards the end of the year. Immediately, I don't want to do business with him. So I said, hey, man, I, I'm looking at next year before I can get you in, which isn't really that inaccurate. But if I had a client that was really great to me, I could find spots here and there. The 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 shop has been packed. I got, uh, you know, multiple full body PPF uh cars coming in. I got people ordering cars. I'm trying to fit in loyal people. We're very fortunate here. 
about the business that's been built. So I tell him, I said, Hey man, we're, we're looking at next year. Starts flipping his lid. I said, Hey man, I'd love to work with you. If you can wait, you know, you let me know. And I get off the phone. I know he's not going to wait. I know he thinks that this is all ridiculous because he thinks he's special, but this is customer service in today's world is that I have to defuse a bomb because I don't want it to go off because he doesn't know how to handle himself. And it's stuff that all of you are dealing with every day, but this is not the Facebook group stuff you see or the comments you see about every customer. Can you believe what we're dealing with? No, man, that's not the real world. 80 plus, 90 plus percent of people I come across are great people. But where is this leading in the customer service game? Because forget about your detailing business or forget about buying detailing products. Where, why is customer service seemingly, quote unquote, worse today than ever? Well, let me share some stories. Okay, I just shared a detailing story. I want you to picture something. Guy goes on a website and purchases a $19.99 bottle of dressing. Gets the dressing, starts using the dressing doesn't like the results he's getting on his tires. Ooh, I've bought dressings I didn't like. Too shiny, too dull, too this, too that. I mean, I'm assuming all of you have done that, right? Any of us that detailed cars for five minutes, you got to find the dressing that fits what you like. Great thing about ultra dresses, you can dilute it to whatever you want, which is pretty rare in today's dressing lineups. Guy's not happy. Got every right not to buy ultra dress from us again. Sorry, we disappointed you. We have a lot of people that love that product and I'm sure some that don't. That's okay. Dressing is a very goofy product in the marketplace. So this guy sends an email in on a Saturday afternoon, already starting to berate in a, in a small way, the staff. Not complaining that he doesn't like the dressing. I'm I understand. Hey, man, we'll try to do better. Hey, we'll try to find something that fits you. We're going to add to our dressing line. Hey, have you tried using it like this? Have you tried applying it like this? Have you tried doing this? Right? So the staff is going through everything to help because we think you want to get your tires dressed. And so after three or four emails late on a Saturday, which many companies wouldn't answer, we did. And we have proof that they're polite. We're trying to help and all of this kind of stuff. I have no problem with the interaction. We talk about it with the staff. What a great job everybody did until the guy blows up and starts messaging in again. Now he wants all of these gifts because he doesn't like the dressing. Anybody that's used Ultra Dress knows how high quality it is. Doesn't mean it's a perfect fit for what you like, right? And this isn't me complaining about a customer because I'm not doing that. I'm sharing this for an overall bigger picture of why we're seeing customer service moves that we are. Because many of you are business owners, whether it be in detailing or something else. Many of you are high-ranking people at companies. These are the conversations so many people are unwilling to have. And what it's leading to is a lack of leadership in the detailing business and then the business community overall. Because remember my theory on leadership. And I want to get this out there because I know we got certain people listening. Leadership is not being PC. That's the BS modern day leadership nonsense. It's being able to have these types of conversations. So that's why I'm having it. It isn't anything negative towards this customer. 
but it's showing you the big picture of why so many companies are taking customer service in a different direction. So this guy late a week later on a Friday night, probably about the time everybody be having a, an adult beverage or two starts to harass staff through the email again. We now think we've come to a resolution to get this gentleman exactly what he needs to settle down. After the response where we all think we agreed, within 20 minutes, he sent another harassing email. He sent another three harassing emails after we thought we had a deal to rectify his situation. To the point that he had to be blocked on email. He then goes on social media, has to be blocked from those platforms because now he's harassing my social media team. And I want to ask something about harassment. Go back to the beginning story. You're harassing somebody that's the checkout person at the store. You're harassing somebody, multiple people in my staff, good people. Would you do these things if your mother was reading the emails? If this guy's mother was on the other end and she was the customer service agent, you think you would talk to her that way? Because let me tell you something about me, and this isn't unique to me. I think there's a lot of people that look this way. I don't let anybody disrespect my staff. We have some of the toughest guys in the world, some UFC champions that are part of my business. Past UFC, current UFC champions that, that use our services. They're not going to talk bad to my clients. Now, they're not that way anyway, but I don't care who you are. You're not going to talk down to my clients You're not gonna, or, or, or my staff. You're not going to harass my staff. And this stuff bothers me because I wouldn't talk to my mom that way. And my mom has a job. So if somebody at her job was treating her this way, I would come unglued. My daughter, my wife, your brother, your sister, your, your best friend. Why does anybody deserve to be treated this way? The answer is we all know the answer. They don't deserve that. But I want to bring in the bigger picture. The bigger picture of people doing this at, at a much bigger level now is leading to custom is leading companies to make it really hard for customers to get customer service. Because imagine if we had a phone number this guy could call and somebody had to answer. I want to give you guys who've been with us a long time. Marty and I used to have a text service where you could go on the website and you could ping us and ask us a question. Those came to our cell phones. So for like the first year and a half, Marty and I were in business, him much longer than that. If you guys got on our website, we would answer questions right from our cell phone. You could get right to our cell phone. You know why we had to take that away? Because we'd have customers texting our phone at like 12 a.m and berating us about a product, not that they bought, that they want information on at 1 a.m., 12.30 a.m., 3 a.m. What would you do? Well, you would take the function off the website. Now, I don't want to have to do that, but this is what companies of any size are starting to see, is that I got to put is much room between the customer and my staff, because if my staff starts to get harassed, they're going to quit. Who wants to get harassed all day long? You guys don't. I don't. I certainly don't want my staff getting harassed. I'd rather you harass me than my staff. 
That's true leadership. I, I'm not going to let anybody take this. All over something that costs 20 bucks, something that costs $5, something that costs 50 bucks. Hell, I, I wouldn't harass people over something I spent 20 grand on. I had a house renovation that I lived through and I didn't harass the people. And let me tell you something, that's about as bad as it gets as a consumer is having to live through the filth of a renovation. And it's a lot of money. So this isn't me saying customers deserve to be treated bad. I don't believe that at all. Most of you that do business with HyperClean know one thing. Our warehouse staff ship, ships product faster than anybody else in our industry, and it's not close. Probably faster than most Amazon packages at this point. So don't tell me I don't care about customer service. I, that's all I care about. How many of you text my cell phone? A bunch of you. How many of you email in and get an answer within seconds? Most of you. Okay, if it's a Sunday morning, man, you might have to wait a minute. So what we have is the general public are great people. We got 10 or 20% that are now making it. So all businesses have to rethink even having people that, that are even involved in customer service. And it's changing the landscape of, of me as a customer walking into the airport. Think about what's happened during the pandemic. The airport's been pandemonium. And yeah, they fail a lot. They lose stuff. They cancel flights. I get it. I'm as mad as anybody when that stuff happens. But me yelling at the person at the ticket counter does what? You think they control canceling flights? You think that man or woman's like, I'm making 23 bucks an hour. And you know what? I'm going to decide the flight from San Diego to Tulsa, Oklahoma is canceled. I remember one night I had to sleep in DFW because a flight missed. And I couldn't get to a hotel because it was going to be kind of weird getting back and I had to sleep there. I wasn't, I mean, it was the most pleasant experience of my life, but am I going to yell and scream at somebody? It's just not, that's just not what reasonable people do. And 70, 80, 90% of the population are great customers. But as businesses, we now have to deal with that 10%. And we actually make most of the rules in our business because of that 10%. So the 80, 70, 80, 90% get affected because of the 10% nobody's willing to speak up about. Cell phone companies historically, I'll share this and we'll move on, are now, if you're one of the 10% bad customers, they'll just cut your service and say, you need to go find another provider because they know the time and money suck that the bottom 10% are. And that isn't the... The, the, the least money people, it's saying the way that they treat people, the way they treat staff, the way they call into customer service, the way they do those things. There's companies now that, that if they're big enough, they just cut those 10%, 20% of people off of their service. There are people that have been banned from flying certain airlines because of the way they've acted. The big picture is customer service is never going to be the same because now we're dealing with harassment issues customer complaints used to be one thing but it's really wild how this customer complaint has turned to harassment people would be shocked how little we get complaints we are uh, a fallible business we work our ass off to be better every day but you can't do business with marty and myself and our team and think we don't care 
And once somebody cares, man, I give them all the leeway in the world. And that's what I'm, I'm talking about this publicly, man, because I had an incident happen with my detailing business. We had some things happen in HyperClean, and it needs to be said. And I know most of you want to say these things. And I hope I did an eloquent job because this isn't bashing anybody. This isn't bashing a customer or anything like that. It's just about putting in perspective of why we're seeing customer service change. You can't get a hold of anybody at Apple. You think Apple cares about customer service? Sure they do. But they can't burn their staff through harassment of a customer. Customers are going to harass their staff if they give them access to them. So now they have to put these barriers up to protect their staff members. And so now your customer service experience is worse because of that. Not because Apple or Facebook or Nike are trying to do a bad job. They are now reacting to the irrational 10 to 20% of customers out there. And it has a real consequence in the real world is that all of us good customers are going to get a little bit less service because the 10 to 20% don't know how to act. And for those of you listening that might be in that 10 to 20%, because statistically there's some of you listening, how would you feel if your mother was talked to that way or harassed? I don't think you take kindly to it. A family member, your mom, I always, I got a, a tiny little Italian mother, wouldn't harm a fly. Thinking of somebody sending in these emails to my mother makes my blood boil. And it should yours as well. And if you're one of the ones doing that, Take a look in the mirror, man. Life isn't this serious. Tire dressing isn't this serious. Car detailing isn't this serious. Take a deep breath. It'll be fine. I promise you. On a higher note, let's talk about the auction of the year. Every year, the auction of the year is Pebble Beach. You have all the big dogs there. This is where the biggest sales happen. You'll see some stuff at Amelia Island, but this is really the auction of the year. R.M. Sotheby's and all of their talking points had a great auction, except for one thing. The highest priced car was a 1955 Ferrari 410 Sport. Their original estimate was 35 to 40 million. Now they've erased that from everything they can erase it from, but that was the original estimate that I had, that they had on social media, that they had all over everything. That's magically started to disappear. They've obviously gone and covered their tracks because they want to celebrate that they had the highest priced car of the auction. Still went for over $22 million. It's not chump change. But when you're talking $13 million short of your estimate, it's worth a conversation. They're not going to have it because Sotheby's had a great auction. They were largely up. The average sale price of the whole uh, auction was $583,000 average sale. And now we've gotten to a place where million dollar cars are no longer news. So let me give everybody that 113 cars went for over a million dollars. A million dollars used to be a big price tag. It used to be a price tag that meant something. When you have just one auction or one week, you have more than $113 million cars. You're going to have to slow down. Million doesn't mean what it used to. You got inflation in the economy. You got inflation in money in people's pockets. So the reality is a million dollars doesn't mean what it used to. A hundred thousand doesn't mean what it used to. It used to be a big deal when you'd have a BMW go for under a hundred grand. 
Now you have a bunch of BMWs to go for under that. Used to be a big deal when you had Porsche go for over a hundred grand. Now you got Porsches going for millions. Okay. Things have changed. Things have changed in a big way, but you can't lose sight of everything and you can't buy into all this hype coming out of the auction. Cause let me give you after RM Sotheby's Gooding was down. Meekum was down. Here's the biggest number that you need to hear from Meekum. I kept telling you the muscle car companies are going to struggle. They had in 2021, they sold 77% of all cars that went through the auction. It's down to 64% in Pebble Beach this year. 13% drop in sell rate is a big deal because they fluff that number anyway. So you're probably looking at it every one out of two cars at Meekum actually sold. They can fluff those numbers a lot. So I would say you're probably looking at 50% of the cars went unsold by Meekum. They would probably argue differently, but I'm telling you those numbers are always fudged. Gooding was down. They didn't see big numbers. They still had big numbers sell, meaning they still had multi-million dollar cars, They still, but they didn't see an uptick in their business. So now you got to look through the, the smoke here. What's the smoke? Well, the smoke is, Everybody that comments publicly about auctions isn't actually in the auction business. They're an analyst for the auction. They don't have any money on the line. Always be cautious in the car business if somebody doesn't have their own money on the line. So you'll hear brokers all the time. Oh, auction market's great. Well, they don't really have any money on the line. All they're going to do is move money from this guy's hands to this guy's hands, and they're going to take their piece. That doesn't mean their information doesn't have value, but understand that the value is pretty limited. Okay. This is the thing that so many people have to get a grasp on. When you have a big ticket item drop by 13 million underestimate, and again, they're going to scrape that from every place they can. That was the estimate. It's news. This should have been a $40 million car. The reason it should have been a $40 million car is probably a year or two ago, it had been a $40 million car. Doesn't mean it isn't a great sale. It means we all know it's a bad sale compared to what they thought it was going to be. Now, RM Sotheby's kind of skated by this auction because they had a ton of great rare cars to sell. So their numbers may be driven, and this would be my assertion, are driven actually by the fact that they had ultra rare cars. They got to put a $20 million sell, sale on their bottom line, which is very helpful. If I can do one $20 million sale, I don't have to do all these other lower sales to make my numbers look great. Look, we know Porsches are still up. If you look at my 2008 BMW, Bring a Trailers had another one come up, almost identical mileage, a little bit of different interior, but basically my exact car still sold for $42,000. So I'm into mine for 38. We're still seeing the number at the number I said it's worth, which is 42 to 46. That, that market's holding strong. What does the Mecham number mean? To me, the Mecham number means one thing. You're now going to see the market divide from the wealthy and the rich. The wealthy are going to still buy million-dollar cars, $2 million, $5 million, $7 million, $20 million. The rich, which are very, very heavily involved in that Mecham world, are now starting to pull back. And this isn't really an announcement to our crowd, but that's what's happening. So you have all of these different things and you have all this smoke around the Pebble Beach auction. And five minutes after it ended, I looked over and I go, yes, yeah, Sotheby's is going to spin this. 
But the weekend overall, for those that are real intent on data, is starting to show big signs of cracking. And remember, wealth is different than rich. Wealth is the billionaire. Wealth is the guy that's got 500 million. Rich is the guy's got five to 10 million. He can buy a lot of cars. He may finance some of them through different avenues where he can do that. And he's a big buyer in that Mecham world. Gooding didn't have the cars. RM Sotheby's did. I don't think Gooding ran or has been running as good an auction as RM Sotheby's for a long time, especially at Pebble. But Gooding is the sponsor of Pebble Beach. To have a down week, big surprise for a lot of people, but they just didn't have the cars. I didn't feel. Auction market, the used car market, everything showing little cracks and crevices. You even had a Z06 story pop up, and I'll finish with this. A dealership comes out and says, hey, we're going to put a $90,000 markup on the Corvette Z06 that you allocated at our dealership. The internet went freaking bonkers. The GM of that dealership had to back down, and guess what? They're going to sell them at MSRP. The world's starting to show cracks in the car world. Be alert. Doesn't mean anything. If you're looking for cars, great time to buy. I wouldn't be buying at the top of the market here. If a, if a price doesn't make sense, that means it's not going to make real sense here pretty soon because it's probably going to drop. But RM Sotheby's killed it. Big numbers. Million-dollar cars don't mean much now. Stop talking about them. That dollar amount with inflation doesn't mean what it used to mean. What's the real number now? Probably two to three million. That's when you're going to see that that's probably a more special number now. Million meant a lot. Doesn't mean a lot. 100,000 used to mean a lot. Doesn't mean a lot. When you got a 583,000 average sale price, let me tell you, man, 100 grand doesn't mean much. But we're seeing big cracks. That muscle car market, that Mecham, uh, those companies are going to feel it. I've been saying that to anybody that would listen about muscle cars. I get it. You, you love them. You think they're going to always be valuable. The next downturn is going to be vicious like it always is the muscle cars. Understand the difference between what the wealthy are paying and what the rich are buying. What can the wealthy afford? Everything at all times, whatever they want. The rich people are in the car market are the ones that get hammered. The middle class, those, pe those people really don't change anything for anybody, right? The rich and the wealthy. And now the rich are going to start bowing out of the market, and you're going to see the numbers really start to fly down on certain cars. Again, a Porsche that everybody wants that's a seven-figure car is not going to go down considerable from this point on, okay? I just don't see that unless the world collapses, 2008 stock. So hope everybody liked today's episode. I want to thank you all for the support. Again, shared a 2018 Carrera GTS that we had in the shop in the Facebook group. Go check it out. Everybody have a great weekend.